This morning, I'm doing a little bit of hijacking. For those that go along to house groups, and if you don't, I encourage you to go along to house group. They are a blessing, and hopefully as we work through the sermon, you will see why. The house groups have been studying through the book of First Peter, and this morning we're going to look at some verses from First Peter as we continue exploring what our identity is in Jesus Christ. We're going to be reading from First Peter, and we're going to be reading from verse 1 to verse 5, but focusing in on verse 5. And over the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at a couple of more of the images that Peter uses to describe us as believers in Jesus Christ. So First Peter, chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 5. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up to salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So these are our verses this morning. And I want to begin by saying it's great to see everyone here this morning. We're a bit quieter than what we would normally be at this point, but still, it's wonderful to see everyone here this morning. And I'm saying that before I then ask a question. And my question is this, why did you come to church this morning? I wonder as you did all the many things that you have to do in the morning, and for a lot of us this means getting kids out of bed. If it's teenagers, that's a much harder task. It means getting breakfast done, it means getting dressed, it means getting the kids dressed. It means, if you're in my case, getting in the car and realising you've forgotten half the stuff in the house and going back in. But it's a busy morning. It's busy. But behind all this, there will be a reason. Why did we come to church? What did you anticipate as you decided that you're going to go through all the different things that you went through this morning to gather with God's people? What effect do you hope that it has on your life as you do it? What is the purpose behind it as you prepare to come this morning? Now I'm going to say, I wonder if for any person that purpose was so that you would smell. Now that's got your attention a bit because you're thinking smell. Wait, I had a shower this morning. I don't smell. Or you might be thinking, is it the person beside me? Do they smell? Am I going to leave smelling because they smell? Or is it the seats? When was the last time these seats were cleaned? I didn't say the smell was bad for it, did I? I just simply said, did you think the purpose of coming to church would be that you would smell. And I'm going to leave that there until point three so you can ponder it and I'll see if anyone can work out where I'm going with that as we head towards point three. We've been looking at our identity in Christ and we've looked at lots of different things 
we've looked at the fact that we are accepted by God and we don't need to strive to earn his favour. We've looked at the fact we're loved by God, not because we deserve it, but because that is his nature and he loves that which he has made. We've looked at the fact that God paid a huge cost to forgive us because he loves us. And that through that forgiveness there was reconciliation with God. There is no division between us and God. And that we were then to be reconciled with one another and not to allow hostility to exist between us. And Peter is hitting on that if we look at the verse 1. Put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander because these are the things that divide us and create hostility and disunity. No, we are reconciled in Jesus Christ. All these things have to go because they undermine what God is doing. We have all these amazing things that we've looked up to this point. And believe you me, there's more. We could go through this series for a decade and still be mining God's word for the amazing truths of what he's done in Jesus Christ on our behalf. But these things were all about me as the individual. And Christianity is about far more than me as the individual. So we're shifting focus now to something which is one of the great truths of Christianity. It isn't about us as individuals. It's about us as God's people. God is in the business of building his church. And this is what Peter really begins to home in in verse 5 and onwards as he works through his book and his instruction to God's people. So we've got three points, shockingly enough. And the first of these being warning God at work. Now this might cost me man points, if I even have any man points, I'm not sure. But I've never been on a building site. I don't know. Put your hand up if you've ever been on a building site. A fair few people. I've never been on a building site. I've walked past them. I've driven past them. And you look into a building site and there is lots going on in a building site. There are people busy at work. They might be digging holes. They might be moving stuff. You might see tractors moving about. You'll hear noises, hammers. You might see people drinking tea and coffee. There's all sorts of different things going on. And as you look into it, you might think this thing looks like chaos. It doesn't, in fact, you might even think, I walked past this last week, it looked better then than it does now. Seems I've gone ten steps backwards. You might think in your mind at that point, I better drag it out, get some mere pennies at the end of the day. But building sites are chaotic and messy and noisy, and there's all sorts of different things going on in a building site. Yet, at the end of it, If you walk past when it's complete and they've laid the grass and everything looks nice and pretty, there is a building. For these folks that were busy at work, knew what they were doing, and they got the job done. Might have ran over schedule, but that's beside the point. Church is a bit like a building site in many ways. God is at work in his church. And much like our natural building sites, that might mean things get chaotic at times. Things might get messy at times. But work is going on. God 
is building his church. Peter says we are like living stones. Living stones. That's each of us. That's the individual side of it. But these living stones are being built into a spiritual house. That's the communal side of it. This is what God is doing with these stones. And I wonder, in Peter's metaphor, who do you think this house is for? It's the same as the Sunday school answer. Come on, folks. Who's this house for? Yes, Jesus. This house is for God. This is what God is building. And much like the building site, there will be noise. There will be chaos. There might be frustration. You might even get hit by a passing plank every now and then. But God is busy and at work. And if the Bowden site folks know what they're doing and can get the job done, then we can be very certain that God knows what he's doing and he will get the job done. The truth is it's not simply about us as individuals. It's about what God calls us then to become and to be and to belong to. We are drawn into a community. And this morning is one of our most powerful expressions of that community when we gather together to worship our God. The community, of course, is the church globally. But it's also locally. And God is shaping it, molding it, preparing it. And that's why we get imagery such as this, and we get imagery in Revelation where it talks about the church as being the bride of Christ. Now, as we know, a bride is one person. Even as our laws continue to get tweaked and changed, marriage is still one bride. So Jesus is coming back for one bride. Not two billion individuals, but there is this continual imagery of Jesus coming back for one communal being. In this case, we're being described as a spiritual house in which God dwells. In Revelation's case, we are this bride which Jesus is coming back for. But belonging to a church is not about the me and the I, but about the we and the us. God is building communities. Now that doesn't mean that that these communities are perfect. As I said last week, there is no perfect church. So this means at times we will irritate one another. It means at times we might not like the worship songs or we might hate the sermon. It means at times we're going to respond wrongly to one another. At times we're going to fall into perhaps these traps that Peter speaks of here as we gossip or slander or become suspicious of others. Yet in the midst of all these times where we might get it wrong, church is a place where we learn to express grace. Where we learn to forgive and love. Where we have to show understanding. Where we support one another. It's a place where we gather for worship. We hear the voice 
of God in the midst of his service. It's a place where we take this time on Sunday mornings, no matter how chaotic it is beforehand, to come together, knowing God is at work, using, using you, using me. We are vital parts of his plan. After all, if a building is built that's missing a brick, it's not really going to be much use, is it? Can't imagine the people that hired this building to be built are going to be all that pleased with it. Each and every one of us is vitally important, but we are drawn into something unique, important. The community of God's church. So God is at work. He's at work this very morning. And what is he doing? He's creating our people. This is the second thing. God is at work shaping us. Why is he doing all this? He's building himself a holy priesthood. A community which is holy and connected to him. We all know the famous words of the Bible where God says, Be holy because I am holy. It's throughout the Old Testament and it's actually in chapter 1 of 1 Peter as well. There's a call upon each and every single one of our lives, both as individuals and as communities, to be holy, to be like God, to live our lives like Jesus and to express our being as community in ways which glorify him. But there's two things that strike me about this purpose that God is, is building the spiritual house for. This to be a holy priesthood. And the first of these I want to use an illustration for. Now we have Glenn with us. Glenn is an architect. And Glenn, of course, then designs buildings. And he's designed buildings for people in this fellowship which are absolutely beautiful. Which the church uses a lot for various different meetings. But suppose Glenn was hired by a family that had bought this plot of land and it was overlooking a lake. So you had this lake and behind it was a forest and it was south facing so their sun would rise at that point. And they wanted this five bedroomed house. All these new bricks that you see on all the, all the fancy houses with a nice garden with a white wall around it and the little metal spiky bits. Blunt of course so they don't hurt children. With grand balconies overlooking this lake so that the people could stand and watch in the morning on their lake with their cup of tea and their digestive biscuit as the sun broke through the trees and shone across the lake. Can you imagine the beauty of that? It would be lovely, wouldn't it? So Glenn is hired and shows them this design and it's wonderful. It fulfills the purpose that he was hired for. But the plans that Glenn gives to the builder are different. He gives the designs to build a nice big ditch. So after a couple of weeks, because it's not going to take long really if you bring the machinery in, 
these people are presented with a nice big hole. Now this is a deep hole. And they've been considerate enough to add a nice little ladder down so they can get right to the bottom of this lovely ditch that they now own. Let's say, I don't know, let's go for 20 feet deep. It's, it's a deep hole. I mean, it is a grand hole. If they've not got something that's just a little, a little wee thing, it's a grand big ditch. And we know Glenn is quite convincing. So we, he puts a positive spin on it and says, you've not even tried it yet. Come on, go down into the ditch. So these people thinking, not sure what's going on here, but yes, I'll go down and I'll sit in this ditch. So they go down into the ditch and they await sunrise and up comes the sun and it breaks through the trees and it lights up the lake and everything looks beautiful. But these people are in their 20 foot ditch. Did they see the sunrise? No. Is the ditch fit for purpose? No. That's not what was designed. So if God's word tells us that God is taking us living stones and he's shaping us into a spiritual house where we're then not individuals but a community, and that the purpose of the spiritual house, the church in which God dwells like he once did in the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament. That's where we are this morning. We're in the Holy of Holies. God is here in that unique and powerful way. But if this is God's intention to build a spiritual house so that it will create a holy priesthood, do you think what God creates will be fit for purpose. It will be. If God's intention is for him to create communities which dwell and be, if his intention is that the effect of these communities is to create a holy priesthood, then it will create a holy priesthood. God is not one where he wants the beautiful house but ends up with the ditch. God is all-powerful. And if he wants the sprawling house, he gets the sprawling house. And in that metaphor, we are that sprawling house. God's people purposed to be a holy priesthood. The church, globally, locally, will achieve that purpose in our lives. That's what it's designed to do. And I would like to think that for every Christian sat here this morning, we could recognize that belonging to the community that calls itself the church has played a massive role in our growth, in our formation, and in our understanding of what it means to be Christian. So the spiritual house is fit for its intended purpose, which is to create a people who are a holy priesthood. But secondly, there is the obvious demand of such an exclamation that we are to be holy, that we are to imitate Christ as individuals in our lives, but also as a community which sits here gathers here on a Sunday morning. So, 
God is at work. He's building a people. Point three, you might realise now that this is just one sentence, the three points. God is at work. He is building a people. And I promise we come back to the smell. He's building a people who smell. That's what God is doing. And why is he doing this? And this is the final part of what Peter says. What does Peter say this, this holy priesthood is to do? They have to offer spiritual sacrifices which are pleasing to God. That is what the holy priesthood is to do. Now anyone who knows a lot about the, the sacrificial system that, that Peter is alluding to here would know that one of the intended functions of these sacrifices would be that they produced an aroma that was pleasing to God. Now, as you can imagine, all the commentaries really latched onto this. And this is where this concept that our lives have to have an aroma that's pleasing to God. So when I talk about a smell, I'm not talking about a bad smell like you've not showered or like you've made a really bad choice with your perfume or aftershave. Because let's face it, we all get those Christmas gifts. That when we open it up, and we smell the fragrance. We're not really sure what to do with that. And we never really want to use it, but that day might come when we have no choice and we've run out of everything else. I'm not talking about that. Or these ridiculous designer perfumes that adverts seem to be designed only so we have no idea what it was on about when the little logo comes up for the perfume. The aroma that we are to express as God's people is a holy one that's pleasing to God. That means for me that Sunday should impact Monday. That means what happens today should impact how we live tomorrow. It means Wednesday when we gather for prayer and for house groups should impact Thursday. And how we engage and live that day. And so on it goes. It means when we gather as God's people in the very many different contexts in which we do this. But when we gather with the intention of recognising Jesus Christ as Lord, as worshipping him, as discipling and encouraging one another, as praying, as worshipping. When we do these things... There is an intent behind them all in which God is at work in making his people holy. Now that doesn't mean we become passive and gather aimlessly Sunday by Sunday and just assume because God is at work we don't have to do really anything. That my sermon next Sunday could just simply be, I don't know, let's go for an episode of Friends or something because after all we're gathered together as God's people. It doesn't mean that we become passive, but it means we recognize what God is doing and what his purpose for his church is. And we are intentional about it. Is today going to impact tomorrow for you? Because if it's not, then we need to do something about that. We need to change. 
We need to ensure that what we are doing as we gather as God's people, there are vital things that we always must do. We must always worship God. We must always pray. We must always come under his word. These are the things the church is built upon. But as, as we do these things, as we come together and express ourselves in the many amazing ways in which we do, is it impacting Monday? Because that is so important. Because God's intention and what God is doing and what God is working on is that we are holy. That this spiritual house to which he's called us to, to which we belong to, we are a family in God. This spiritual house to which we belong to creates a holy priesthood. A people set apart, connected to God, And that this holy priesthood offers sacrifices that are pleasing to God. And what are these sacrifices? These sacrifices, of course, are when we live like our God. Not in the ways of the flesh, or when we put others before ourselves. When we learn not to retort to a person when we have a great comeback. See, that one's easy for me because the comeback comes about an hour later. Then I want to retort. It's when we learn to show mercy and grace and compassion and understanding and humility and love and generosity and kindness. It's when we are like Christ to one another and to those around us, a light to each other and to the world. And that doesn't sound like a sacrifice. All that sounds great, but we know it is because we wrestle against the flesh. And that's hard to do. But that's what we're called to become. I love the fact that this verse says we are being built. That this is an ongoing thing. This is something God is continually doing. This is not something that God assumes the church is perfect at, but that God is continually at work. So what is one of the big things of our identity in Jesus Christ? It is that we belong to his church. That we exist in community with the people that he has called us to be part of. Why did we come this morning? Into our soundproofed room? after potentially what has been a hard week for folks. Perhaps coming alongside people that have upset or frustrated us in the last distant future, past. Yep, that sounds like a dodgy episode of X-Men. We come because we are those living stones. We come Because God intends and is building us into his spiritual house. We come because as that spiritual house, he is at work making us a holy people. We come because as his holy people, we are called to offer sacrifices that are pleasing to him. And he does this work as his people gather faithfully, communally consistently not in perfect harmony but belonging to the community that God has called us to let's pray
Father, you've done so much for Jesus Christ that is an amazing benefit and blessing to us, Lord. For all that we have received in Jesus Christ, we give you such grateful thanks. And this morning, Lord, we thank you for one another. We thank you for these times, Lord, that we have been an amazing blessing to one another. And we thank you even, Lord, for the times when we've had to grow through the testing of one another. Lord, give us a faith that knows, that recognizes that you are at work. That, Lord, when things get frustrating or when things get difficult or when there's big decisions for us to make as communities, that we know and that we recognize that our God is at work and that he's forming us as living stones into a spiritual house. And help us, Lord, to be that holy people, a holy people that offer sacrifices that are pleasing to you, that aroma that blesses you as your people live like your son. We thank you for Jesus, that he's called us into this body that is his church, that we are these living stones, that we are a bride that he is returning for. So bless us, Lord, we pray, and use us in amazing ways. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll stand together now to sing a song which recognizes